I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Yes, you probably haven't. Actually, you definitely haven't heard that in a while. All the sports has been on hiatus for most of 2021. Just so much going on with The Athletic, with Bets TV, with all the shows and life in general, which, by the way, once again, I do appreciate everybody who reached out to me while things are going on. About 90, 95% getting there, getting much better. But I did want to do one quote unquote final ish podcast of All in Sports for everybody that's been asking. I do appreciate it. I didn't realize you. You know, had many people that really was wondering where it was. I thought everybody just kind of came to everything else, which, by the way, if you haven't seen or haven't heard, I have a podcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with Meanie, Lauren Carpenter, and Jeff Ratcliffe on Bets TV. It's called All In Football. You can find it on YouTube. You can watch us live with video as well. So go thumbs up, rate, subscribe, review, do all that good stuff for that that you used to do for All In Sports because I love you guys for it. And by the way, I'm going to do a contest, a giveaway for that as well. So if you've done it or if you do do it, do do yes i did ah what would be this show without making a poop joke uh but yes if you do it make sure you screenshot it because i'm gonna have a contest coming up any case this show is about the trade deadline coming up advice buys sells whatever it might be i tried to get most everybody who's been on this podcast over the years to come back to also say a thank you to every single one of them maybe i'll be adrian peterson and bring this show back in a year or two or three or whatever might happen in the future but I hope you're following me at The Athletic and the Bets TV podcast. That's where I am now. It's basically the Bets TV is this podcast just without the rotating guests. So in any case, let's jump into it. Some great trade advice, kicking things off with a guy I do a show with every single week and talk ranks with, and that's the one and only Patrick Mayo. What is up, everyone? Pat Mayo here with the best by candidate coming to you at the trade deadline for the 2021 fantasy football season, and I'm going to swing for the fences here. And I think a lot of people might be saying this name, or at least they should be saying this name, because if you're not going to take a risk in fantasy football, straight up, you're not going to win. So let's swing for the fences with someone who is a very high-end running back, the most important position for you right now that maybe you can get for 85, 75 cents on the dollar because people are just fed up with Saquon Barkley. He's been injured. He contracted COVID, but didn't really contract COVID. He was put on the list after a false positive. He's on a bye week going into week 10. Will he even come back to play in week 11? I'm saying, yes, he is going to. And they'll look at the matchup and say, ooh, at the Buccaneers, that's not good. And they would be correct. That is not good for the New York Giants. However, once you get past the Buccaneers in week 11, it gets very gravy for what could be a full strength Saquon Barkley for the rest of the season. That's what this gamble is all about, because... If you can stomach that week and that bad matchup, which might not even be all that bad because Devontae Booker is now dealing with a hip injury. So Berkeley, if healthy, will return to like 90% of the Giants snaps, which is great. And that receiving game work. And the Giants playoff schedule is 
average. It's pretty good. But once you get past the Bucks in Week 11, they go Philly, Miami, Chargers, Cowboys, Philly. The Eagles, the Chargers, and the Cowboys are all in the bottom six of the NFL in run defense so far this season. Miami's like by far the best on that schedule. They're like mid-tier. So Saquon Barkley has the potential to be a top three, top five running back the rest of the season. And I guarantee you, whoever owns Saquon Barkley in your league uh, does not feel that same way about Saquon Barkley right now. So now is the time to go pounce and get yourself a league winner in Saquon Barkley. If you don't like him, just go get Melvin Gordon or David Montgomery or someone like that for a lot cheaper. But Barkley is the upside you should be shooting for. And next up is one of my best buds in the industry. Does the Monday show with me all in football, recapping every single week. Chris Meany, who actually is, I think, the only repeat player in this entire thing but he also gives a second one so here's a uh, here's canadian kindness as you guys know for this show Hey, what's going on, everybody? Chris Meany here of FTN, checking in with a few buy low and sell high targets in fantasy football. It can be very, very difficult to make trades in fantasy, even in my home league going on year 17. Everybody knows everyone. We're in clear communication week in and week out. Uh, we talk fantasy all the time. We're making guys available, and we're checking in on big-name players who came off bad weeks. And I think that's the biggest key is to always check in on big-name players. You never know when somebody is frustrated with a certain performance. Also, something to do. something that I really like to do, and that's kind of where I start when I write my buy lows over at FTN every week, is I see the teams that are on buy. The Bengals, could I get Joe Mixon? Does the Joe Mixon owner need a win this week? Are they on the outside looking in come fantasy football playoff time? I think the biggest buy low candidate is Saquon Barkley. You have the Giants on by. He's hurt right now. You don't know if he's going to be ready to play week 11. Tough matchup against Tampa Bay, one of the best rush defenses in all football. So there's a lot of risk in acquiring Saquon, but I think you are acquiring him come fantasy football playoff time because the reward certainly could pay off. So check in with the Saquon owners, see where they are in the standings. They're not going to have a body to roll out maybe this week with Saquon on by or next week, potentially a tough spot against the Bucks. Again, we don't know if he's going to be available for the New York Giants, but if you are up, locked into a playoff spot and you're looking for an upgrade at the running back position, you got to check in on Saquon. The schedule is pretty decent, honestly. He gets the Eagles Week 12, the Dolphins Week 13, the Chargers Week 14, and then come fantasy football playoff time. If this guy's healthy, we're going to have him ranked as a top 10 running back, and he has upside to be an RB1. So I think he is the biggest buy-low candidate. Again, check in on the owner, see if they need a healthy body this week. It could be James Conner. You may not want to trade James Conner. You may just be rolling him out, and you're fine with, you know, having him the rest of the way as a flex play. You got Chase Edmonds, who's banged up here and could be sidelined for the next couple weeks. I'm fine with rolling out James Conner, but ask me, who's going to be ranked higher come fantasy football playoff time, Saquon or Conner? Even with Edmonds' sideline, it's going to be Saquon. So that's an upgrade. Give the Saquon owner a healthy body to get a W this week, and then you can get Saquon high risk, but I think high reward. Another one I'll throw quickly is Jalen Hurts. I think he's a great buy-low candidate. Devontae Smith was a buy-low candidate for me last week. I can't really talk about him this week coming off the big game. You got Jalen Hurts in Denver this week against the Broncos, who have allowed the third fewest fantasy points, and he's had two stinkers in a row. So I think in a super flex league, if you're looking for a second quarterback, Jalen Hurts can be that guy for you. The schedule turns really nice for the Eagles. After that Denver game, they get the Saints, which is kind of tough, but you can throw on them. And then you have the Giants twice, Washington twice, and the Jets. So I think Jalen Hurts fits for a buy-low candidate. 
And then I'm selling. There's a couple I'm selling here. One is AP. I still think you can sell him on the fact that he's the goal line back and he got a touchdown. Give somebody a healthy body. It's probably like a two or three package for a player in return. Could you package AP, Cortland Sutton, and somebody else for Saquon? I don't know. Knock on the door and see what um, you know that Sa- what the Saquon owner is really thinking. But I think. A guy that I'm really looking to sell right now and just on name value alone is Kyle Pitts. And I've been into selling Kyle Pitts the second that Calvin Ridley announced he'd be stepping away from football for a little bit. We don't know when he's going to return. We're all ranking Kyle Pitts as a, you know, a high-end play, a top-five tight end week in and week out. He's you know, got tremendous upside. We all like his ability. And I think that's why you can sell him on just name value alone. In redraft, just redraft. There's a couple scenarios where I think it makes sense. For one, if you picked up Pat Fryermuth, you've been rolling him out. I mean, he's a lock and loaded top 10 tight end the rest of the way. Maybe you've been holding on to Rob Gronkowski. Logan Thomas is coming off IR. Dawson Knox. Like These are players that you, I feel comfortable playing myself. Maybe even a Dan Arnold. Like I feel comfortable playing Dan Arnold in a deeper league at the tight end position. And yeah, I like Pitts more than Dan Arnold, but could you get two pieces for Kyle Pitts? Could you get a running back and a wide receiver to help out the balance of your team moving forward? I think that's a trade um, that I'd be willing to make. And if you have Kyle Pitts, make him available to your league mates, maybe the Noah Fant owner. Um, There's other tight ends that have struggled lately that maybe you could say, hey, do you want Kyle Pitts? Give me a running back and a wide receiver. Help out the balance of your squad. Another thing to look at is just your weeks ahead. Now is the time to look at week 11, week 12, week 13, week 14, and try to fill in those bye weeks right now, especially if you need wins. And if you're locked into a playoff spot, take a look at your playoff schedule and try to set yourself up for a championship run. Hopefully this was helpful. Uh, I do miss all in sports, but I'm happy to be doing the show with Jake Seeley. So thanks as always for taking the time to hang out and listen, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. And now one of my other favorites, uh, somebody who is into animation, cartoons, and all the good fun as much as anybody. I honestly wish we could work together more. I hope he thinks the same, but probably not. But he is the great, the one, the Marcus Grant. What's up, everybody? It's your man, MG Marcus Grant, and always pleased to be hanging out with the all-in kid himself. And look, we're here to talk about trade targets, right? Because we're getting close to that point of the season when you've got to make some moves to decide if you're going to chase that championship trophy. Got a couple of targets that you may want to keep in your back pocket. The first one, well, it's a guy you're going to have to pay up for a little bit. And that's Daryl Henderson with the Los Angeles Rams. We came into the season thinking Cam Akers was going to be the guy. Unfortunately, a knee injury prevented that from happening. But since then, Henderson has been about as close to a workhorse as you can find. And he's getting most of the opportunities in Sean McVay's backfield. Yeah, Sony Michelle's getting sprinkled in. But this is pretty much the Daryl Henderson show in L.A., We want as many parts of that Rams offense as we can get. It's as productive as an offense there is in the league right now. And if you can find a quality running back this late in the season, it's worth paying up for him. Henderson getting the majority of the opportunities. And while it's not necessarily the easiest schedule down the stretch, there's some spots in it that are pretty soft. And there's a very good chance that if you can acquire Daryl Henderson, especially to make him a second running back on your roster, you've got a pretty good chance to make a run pretty deep into the postseason. Now, another running back that maybe you don't have to pay up for as much and could be a really sneaky ad for you is J.D. McKissick with the Washington football team. I know Antonio Gibson is still there, but his usage rates so far this season have not been what we anticipated. Throw in the fact that McKissick is the pass-catching back 
playing with a defense that hasn't been so good this year. If the football team continues to give up yards and points the way they have so far this season, that means that offense could be forced into throwing the football in the second half of games. That lands right in McKissick's wheelhouse. He's going to get those targets. He's going to get those opportunities and maybe even a few goal line carries as well to bolster that touchdown upside. Either way, McKissick's a guy who doesn't necessarily have that kind of value or cachet in fantasy leagues. You might be able to acquire him for a pretty decent number. Now, if you are looking for some tips, one thing to remember as I get ready to sign this thing off uh, is that when you're making trades, don't worry about winning or losing the trade. What you should be worrying about is improving your fantasy roster. You are trying to trade from a position of strength to fill a position of weakness. And if you can credibly say you have done that after you make a deal, then don't worry about what the other person did. Just worry about what your prospects are going to be. All right. Enjoy. Good luck, everybody. And because he's a better friend than Chris Welsh. No, I'm just kidding. I love both of them. Welsh and Bogman, one of the best podcasts out there you could find if you haven't listened to them yet. But Scott Bogman drops by with maybe a surprising name. What's up, everybody? Scott Bogman here from In This League. You can follow me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Uh, Jake has asked us to give a trade chip, trade advice, however you say it here for this um last episode of all in sports i'm not sure if it's the last or if it's just going on hiatus going on hiatus for now we'll say but for me if i'm picking a trade target right now i if we all want running backs maybe david montgomery after tonight's performance against pittsburgh obviously you guys know i'm a steelers fan um if you know me at all little herbert's gotten a little bit of run here too but they have a bye week after this week. I think Montgomery's just going to get more healthy, and I believe he is the best back on that team, and he will get his job back. So I'm not worried about Khalil Herbert or anybody else uh, ruining this for him. Bears offense is probably the most concerning thing about David Montgomery as far as trade advice goes. I would just say this. If you're doing two-for-twos, two-for-ones, if you're the guy getting rid of two people, Try to sneak back an end-of-the-bench piece, some just something that's better on the waiver wire, someone that they may have to cut anyway. Um, you know, trades are super subje- subjective. Uh, everyone has a different feeling or opinion on their player versus the player they're getting, so it's hard to answer who you look for in X, Y, or Z trade. Uh, you know, we're obviously better at saying if a trade is fair in our opinion. But uh, I just say that if you're doing a multi uh, trade, two for ones, you're getting the one back. Try to snag back an extra waiver wire piece uh, or an extra piece at the end of the bench so you don't have to hit the waiver wire to replace that player. So um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you can always push it a little bit at the end of a trade because it's like, am I going to let this guy at the end of my bench who I might have to drop anyway? hold up a deal and most teams are more than willing to uh, give that piece up but that is what i got for you jake we love you and we'll be listening to all your stuff on the athletic and we will be back on all in when you bring it back so appreciate you and uh i will see everybody later take it easy and now we have somebody tried to do my podcast for years tried to do his podcast for years finally did his podcast recently and now he stops in for his first and last time question mark on this podcast in heart it's of pff 
My name is Ian Hartz, and I think one of the single best trade targets you could have down the stretch here for the 2021 season is none other than Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams. I get it. It has not been the smoothest sailing so far for the rookie, at least in terms of usage. It's basically been a 50-50 split between him and Melvin Gordon each and every week throughout the year. But what do we want in a quote-unquote buy low trade asset someone that's not going to cost us a ton and someone that has the potential for so much more than they're already producing i feel like that hits javante to a t worst case scenario melvin gordon doesn't go anywhere and we have what javante has really been the entire season that is an upside rb3 in fantasy land that you can start more weeks than not and feel okay about it but if people the broncos come to their senses even a little bit we are looking at a league winning fantasy asset Week 10 and beyond, the Broncos face the Eagles, who rank 29th in PPR points per game allowed to opposing backfields. Then they have a bye. Hopefully, as we've seen throughout the past few years with DeAndre Swift, more recently this season with uh, Michael Carter with the Jets, we could see the rookies start to take on a bigger role following that bye. And my goodness, people, if Javante can get that done, he gets the Chargers twice, 26 in PPR points per game allowed to opposing backs. The Chiefs, 17th. Lions, 31st. Bengals 28th and Raiders 19th up into the week 17 end of the fantasy football season. So this is nothing against Melvin Gordon. He has been good this year. This honestly reminds me of the Green Bay Packers situation from the past few years where Aaron Jones was just such a superior back to Jamal Williams, who is still good, but we wanted to see the better of the two really get a full stranglehold on the usage. So this year, in terms of PFF rushing grade, Melvin Gordon's actually been slightly better, but like a missed tackle is forced per carry. Nobody has been better than Javante. Gordon ranks 14th. Yards per carry, Williams is 8th. Gordon is 20th. Yards after contact per carry, Williams is 6th. Melvin Gordon is 27th. It hasn't been the split that we hoped for for Javante, but that's why we're in a position to still get one of the more talented running backs in the league at a fraction of what his true upside is. Go get Javante Williams before the end of the season. You will not be disappointed. And now let's talk to one of the stalwarts, one of the firsts of the industry, one of the biggest names of the industry out there in California, living up the good life. It's the one, the only Fabs, Michael Fabiano. Hey, you know what I always say? If you're not trading, you're not trying. Uh, Through my 14 leagues, I have had to have made at least a dozen or more trades. uh, And I'm always looking to make more trades to improve my team. A couple of tips. First off, when you have a strength at a position and you have depth at a position and you lack that depth or strength at another, you want to always trade from strength to improve that weakness. And I'm looking to do that right now. I know bench depth is important, but that starting lineup is even more important to me. So if I've got to trade some depth in order to gain a pretty good starter at another position, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And some of the players that I'd be targeting in trades. Now, I always go for the gusto. You know, I want to go after Najee Harris or Nick Chubb, uh, players who are studs, who have really favorable strength of schedules the rest of the way. But Melvin Gordon is a guy that I think you can get not cheap, but a heck of a lot cheaper than maybe in past years. They've got the Broncos have the easiest schedule uh, among running backs based on pro football focus. And Gordon, he's not giving that job up. We all thought that it would be Javante Williams taking the job in the second half. It's not going to happen. Melvin Gordon's playing well, and the Broncos are not going to take that job from him. Uh, He'll continue to split the workload. So if you're looking for that RB2 flex play, 
Uh, he is certainly a player that you're going to want to take a look at. Cordero Patterson is also in the mix too, but you know, I, I don't know that people are going to want to get rid of him. He's so flexible in terms of his eligibility in some, in some leagues. And Atlanta's got a really good strength of schedule when it comes to running backs for the rest of the season. So he may be a guy that I'd target. Not sure if I'd be able to get him. Another player you might want to target on the cheap right now is Chase Claypool. Now keep in mind, he's a little bit banged up, but Pittsburgh's got the third easiest strength of schedule for wide receivers. And you can get Chase Claypool pretty cheap right now because let's be honest, he hadn't really done much uh, over the last couple of weeks. Adam Thielen is also a player with a pretty good schedule that somebody might be willing to part with. Uh, The numbers have not been great. He's still getting into the end zone. Uh, His last game, if he hadn't gotten into the end zone, it would have been a real dud. So you could potentially go ahead and try and get Adam Thielen on the cheap. Robert Woods would be another player that I would target, although his value has certainly risen uh, after a slow start to the season. And Brandon Cooks. People may not want parts of the Houston Texans offense. I completely understand that. But with Tyrod back, I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a pretty solid wide receiver too for the rest of the season. Uh, And the schedule is pretty favorable uh, for Brandon to put up some pretty good numbers. And I mean, the Texans are always going to be a negative game script, so uh, they will throw the ball a lot. And that's good news for Brandon Cooks. If you have him, uh, you may want to keep him. If you're looking for a wide receiver to trade for, He could be a player uh, that you can get at a relatively reliable uh, cost who would potentially help you down the stretch and help you get to the fantasy playoffs. And now my little brother, so to speak, somebody I've known since the beginning of his career. And I still remember one of the first times we ever met. One of the nicest guys. Love to see him out there working for the NFL Network. Michael Florio. What's up, everybody? It's Michael F. Florio from the NFL Network and NFL Fantasy, here to say goodbye to a podcast that I was a fan of, Jakey Jakey's Athletic Podcast, the All-In Podcast, and he wanted me to send something about trades and trade targets, and my biggest piece of advice when, you know, telling people to make trades is, like, you gotta think about your team and your opponent, and the person you're trying to make the trade with's team. Like, if you offer me a running back and I am loaded at running backs and I don't have a lot of receivers, that doesn't help me at all, so it's only a trade that, that really helps one team. So, uh, you always gotta factor in the needs of both teams involved in the trade, but... One player that I think you should trade for right now is receiver Michael Pittman. And there's kind of a a myth out there that receiver is super deep this year. It was deep coming into the year, but if you've been playing this year, you know it's been anything but. We had guys in and out of the lineup, a lot of up and down performances. Michael Pittman, though, has been consistent. Over 17 fantasy points in three straight and four of his last five as well. He is the unquestioned number one target on the Colts and... He leads the league in what I call grown man catches. Every week he's up there making a Randy Moss style catch. He's fighting to get into the end zone. Uh, And Carson Wentz is playing well, throwing multiple passing touchdowns in six straight games. So you have a steady quarterback on a team that is never really going to run away from games and and always having to be throwing the football. So uh, I think Michael Pittman who is, is getting it done in the red zone as a downfield threat. I think you can buy high on him. I think he's been performing like a wide receiver one, but no one values him like that in fantasy. So you could actually, you know, 
maybe get him for the price of a wide receiver too, but I think better production is ahead. I have him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver this week, and I, I've had him as such the last few weeks as well. I, I don't anticipate a whole lot changing there. He's balling out. Wentz is playing well. So remember, when making a trade, consider the needs of the other team and go out this week and try to buy high on Michael Pittman Jr. And why not follow up uh, my younger brother with one of the first people I ever worked with and one of my first true friends in the business. It is Adam Ronis. What's up, everyone? Adam Ronis. You can find me at Fantasy Alarm, PixWise, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, and the Annie Up podcast. The player I think you should trade for is Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy. He had a phenomenal preseason. He's one of the best route runners he gets wide open, and last year, we didn't see the numbers because Drew Locke wasn't precise in getting him the football. We knew with Teddy Bridgewater coming in, he could have a big year. He looked great in week one, then suffered the high ankle sprain. Came back a couple weeks ago, only had four receptions for 39 yards. Even last week against Dallas, only six receptions for 69 yards. So we really haven't seen that blow-up game yet, but I think it's going to come. We have seen him targeted on 25% of the pass routes that he has run, and they were trying to get him the ball more last week with pre-snap motion and bubble screen. So they know they want to get the ball in the hands of Judy. Broncos are 5-4. and four. They're still in it in the division, even though they traded Von Miller to the Rams. So Judy is someone that, you know, people like him, but we really haven't seen the huge game yet. So you still might be able to get him for a decent price, and I think he could finish the season strong, has some good matchups, including the Chiefs twice, the Lions, so Judy is one of those players that really can finish the season strong and have some great weeks for you. And the other thing I want to mention is when you're trying to make trades, you have got to look at the other teams and what they need. That's one of the reasons why trades fail. Sometimes you just don't have a connection with the other team and it's not a fit and you can't make a trade. It's happened to me. People say, Hey, I want to make a deal with you. I look at their team and it doesn't work. So make sure before you send a trade offer that that team could use the player you're sending. If you're trying to trade away a tight end and they have an elite tight end, it doesn't make sense for that team to make that trade. So just keep that in mind as you make these trades here right before your trade deadline. I'm Adam Ronis. Again, catch me. Fantasy Alarm, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, PicksWise.com, as well as the Annie Up podcast. Definitely couldn't do this podcast without one of the bigger names, one of the biggest friends I have in the industry. He's one of the first big friends I had in the industry, Jamie Eisenberg of CBS. Super nice guy. Trust me, but I think you know that already. Jakey Jake. This is the sell-high wide receiver that you were asking for. This is Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports. The time is now to sell Debo Samuel, the number four wide receiver in PPR, coming into week number 10. He has been exceptional this season, one of the biggest surprises in 2021. But I'm afraid the best of his production might be behind him. Things are changing in San Francisco. George Kittle back from his calf injury. Brandon Ayuk. He looks like the Brandon Ayuk of old. What does that mean for Debo Samuel moving forward? And then let's not forget, Trey Lance could come in at quarterback at some point this year, and maybe that's bad for the entire passing game. We saw what it looked like when everybody was healthy in week nine against Arizona. Nine targets still for Debo Samuel, very good, but only five catches for 63 yards. He's still going to be productive, but you just have to be a little bit concerned about Kittle taking over. Ayuk may be taking over, and again, what happens when Trey Lance is the quarterback in San Francisco? So sell Samuel now while you can. You can get a potential running back or maybe a package deal that helps you down the stretch. I'm just concerned that the best of Debo Samuel has already happened this year. And now we're back to one of the rotating guests of all in football. You, if you listen to him, are probably part 
probably part, if I could say it, probably part of the Rat Pack. It's Jeff Ratcliffe about to smack you with some knowledge and trades. Hey, what's up? Jeff Ratcliffe here. You know, when it comes to trades, a lot of people love to make trades in fantasy football, but it seems like they miss the main point of, well, really anything we do in fantasy football, whether it's trades, who you draft on draft day, waiver ads, start-sit decisions. The whole purpose is to make our team better. Yet, when a lot of people receive trade offers, the question they ask is, should I accept this trade? Or, who wins this trade? Trades aren't about winning or losing, and it's not the first question we should be asking ourselves in terms of, should I accept this trade? It's, does this trade actually make my team better? Now, in some instances, you might be trading a wide receiver for a running back, and you might be getting better at running back, but at the same time, you're getting worse at wide receiver, so you didn't actually make your team better in the process. It's really rare that ultimately you can make your team better, but if you have, say you had a lot of wide receiver depth, okay, well then, yeah, move that wide out for that running back. My experience, though, a lot of people think they have more depth than they actually have, and as this season has showed us, players get hurt. Players get hurt. You can never have enough depth, especially as we're heading down the home stretch here. So first and foremost, does this trade actually make my team better? If the answer isn't a definitive yes, well, then the trade isn't worth doing. Don't just trade for the sake of trading. And in theory, both teams could actually win a trade, right? You don't get any merit points. You don't get a trophy. You don't get any money at the end of the season because you, quote unquote, won a trade. All that matters is making your team better. Oh, and uh, trade vetoes suck. Let the trade stand. You don't know more than anybody else. Let the darn trade stand. Let people run their teams as they see fit. Trade vetoes suck. And now one of the people who loves to hate me as much as he loves me. I'm not sure which is more, but we go back a long ways. And one of the ones I will always trust to have my back in the industry, Joey Pizapia. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia from fantasy pros and the fantasy black book and i'm very humbled that jake asked me to contribute a little piece here a little nugget of information to all of you here for another episode of all in sports which uh i think we can all agree has made very little impact on all of our lives over these last few years and i could say this uh too when jake first asked me to do it i said uh no um then he asked me a second time and i said of course not. And then the third time, eventually, I was just tired of the emails back and forth. So I said, okay, sure, I'll do it. Just get off my back. Uh, because Jake, if nothing else, is very persistent. And when we're talking about trades, and that's something that Jake, I think, wanted to talk about on this little cute show he's got here. The most important thing to remember when you're making a trade is not winning the trade. Trying to come away in a trade with a trade partner where everybody benefits, where you're sending away good players that help somebody and you're receiving good players that help somebody. It's great to have a trade partner for many, many years in leagues that you play in. It is much more helpful to do that than to try to turn around and try to constantly lowball people, try to insult people with bad trade offers, or even worse, the trade essay. Here's all the reasons you should make this trade with me. If you can't send a trade and have it be apparent from the trade itself, 
why this trade is good for me and for you, then you probably shouldn't send it. You should probably go back to the salt mines and work a little harder. Trades are in the eye of the beholder. In the end of the day, what you should always be looking to do is, again, not only improve your own team, but also be realistic and try to help somebody else too. A good trade helps everybody. Having a trade partner league you can count on is very helpful in years to come when you're playing with the same people year over year in leagues. That's something that I always like to remind people. Last but not least, don't do trade vetoes in leagues. They're the worst thing ever. Trade vetoes ruin friendships, ruin leagues. If bad trades happen, you let them go. If a trade happens and you think it's collusion in your league, stop playing with these people. It is a very easy thing to fix, but the problem with trade vetoes is nobody wants someone else's team to get better than their team, or at least the perceived value. And in two weeks, a trade that looked one-sided in one way can look completely the opposite in another after injuries or poor performance happen. So, don't make trade vetoes. This is a very important thing. Get rid of it. It's stupid. If you're worried about the people you're playing fantasy football with, make better friends. Like I should. Friends who don't ask me to do extra stuff on my side time like Jake Seeley. So, without further ado, I bid you farewell. And a reminder, as the holiday season coming up, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Thanks for having me, Jake. I love you. And what would be this podcast without the godfather of fantasy football? That's all you need to know. That's the only way to describe him. He is Bob Harris, the greatest. The task at hand is to find some specific trade targets to sell, buy, and uh, and some trade tips. And I'm going to combine all those things up. And uh, and first, I'm going to acknowledge I don't possess the holy grail here. I don't have some secret sauce that's going to change the fantasy world. These are tested and tried uh, uh, exa- methods uh, that we've all used and these all pin them to some actual examples, in this case, all from the same team. And when I'm looking to buy, I want to leverage fantasy managers with needs that I can help fill that are also, one, frustrated by lack of availability of the players I'm targeting, or two, in a bind due to buys and attrition or some other reasons. And and I'm targeting potentially high-end performers uh, and strong offenses and guys that maybe I'm able to wait on, right, that maybe I don't need immediate production from. Uh, in this case, the one team I'm looking at is the Buccaneers and the the two trade targets I have are pretty obvious. It's Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. In the case of Antonio Brown, he's still third on the team at targets despite missing three games so far this year. He's got 42 targets, 29 catches, four touchdowns on those. So obviously, you know, capable of high-end play. And and it's he's not a reach to presume the manager waiting on him is getting a little frustrated, especially if they're, again, struggling from attrition or buys. The same with Gronk. He hasn't produced since week, basically the first two games, uh, 12 catches, four touchdowns over that time, was hurt in week three and really hasn't been back other than a brief appearance since in week eight. So, And the early reports as we head into week 10 uh, for their game against Washington are that neither will play again. So I want to go find these managers and uh, and make offers to them and try and leverage their frustration or need uh, to get a potentially high-end player down the road. It's pretty simple, right? And I think both these players, one of the things that I like is is the schedule, there's some really favorable bits in the schedule. Week 11 against the Giants. Colts, you know, they're getting better but not daunting. Atlanta in Week 13, a super high-end, a super easy opponent. Buffalo, you know, fairly tough. Uh, New Orleans, fairly tough. But then Carolina, the Jets, and Carolina, the Jets specifically in Week 17, if you're playing your championship that week, would be ideal, I think. And so, conversely, when I'm looking to send somebody out, I want somebody coming off some really big performances, and that would be, 
uh, Gronk and Brown's teammate, Chris Godwin. And, like, yes, Chris Godwin is really good. He leads the team at targets, catches, etc. So he's been playing extremely well. But also he's coming off two huge games, both of those without Antonio Brown. Uh, eight catch games, 111 yards in week seven, 140 yards in week eight, a touchdown in each of those games. So plenty to hang your hat on if you're an interested buyer. And uh, it's fair to wonder if when Gronk and Brown are both back at some point, those numbers don't diminish somewhat. We saw earlier in the season, you know, still solid numbers, but a little more pedestrian target totals and catch totals each week and, and fewer touchdowns over the course of time. So those are the guys I'll be targeting, and it's pretty simple stuff, kids. Go after, sell high, buy low, right? And that's what we're doing, and those are some examples of that. Uh, I want to wish everyone good luck as they move forward in their trades and acquisitions, and, uh, and thanks again, Jake, for having me. And we do want to do some sells. You've heard me on his podcast plenty of times. Haven't heard him on my podcast since this one has been around, unfortunately. Love talking with him. One of the brightest minds of looking inside the game and watching film to give you that insight. Chris Harris, you know him from Harris Football and his podcast. And you have probably learned a ton if you listen to him. Hey, Jake, it's Chris Harris from Harris Football. Thanks for asking me to participate in your trade talk Obviously, the quality of the advice we give is directly proportional to when we give it. I'm recording this right after week nine. I thought I'd give a few names. I might be thinking about trading away if the price was right. I'll do three running backs, and I'll start from the bottom. Michael Carter, a nice prospect, but I check on Fantasy Pros, and I see multiple people ranking Michael Carter as a top 40 overall player for the rest of the season. And if you can get paid off that way for a borderline waiver ad, go do it. He's good. I don't know that he's great yet, and he's attached to a garbage offense that will reveal itself as further garbage the rest of the year. His huge production came in the comeback checkdown effort against the Bengals. I am happy to sell if I get an appropriate price. Next, I'll say Damian Harris, though I will stipulate as I'm recording this. I'm not sure of his status because he may have suffered a concussion in week nine. Harris has been a very good fantasy asset, and I'm not looking to give him away. But I watched Ramondre Stevenson play against Carolina, too, and the difference between those guys felt obvious. Harris will be the starter as long as he's healthy. I think Stevenson, if he's healthy, drains more of that work as we go. He's about the same size as Harris, but really seems to have more lateral acceleration and receiving chops. Lastly, this is sacrilege. I'll say Christian McCaffrey. Again, I look at fantasy pros and I see him valued as a top five overall player. That might be right. But there are two rather giant risk factors associated with him. First, that he could re-injure his hamstring. And second, that any team quarterbacked by Sam Darnold feels like a stretch to allow a running back to be great every week. See also the way the Patriots bottled up McCaffrey on Sunday. Of course, if you're thinking about dealing McCaffrey, you're only doing it if you're getting a fellow top player. I mean, give me Nick Chubb for him. Give me Alvin Kamara for him. Give me maybe Aaron Jones and a piece for him. Take advantage of some potential workload hype, and it might work out it also might not work out he might get 30 touches a game and be great because he's a great player but you know that's fantasy you got to play the odds and I think the odds are that McCaffrey's not going to be a top five player the rest of the season anyway Jake thank you for having me I hope everyone has a great rest of their fantasy season and we'll talk to you
and one of the coolest guys in all of the sports entertainment world. That's right. A wrestler who loves his fantasy sports and his hockey, especially. Uh, I can't. I remember the first time I met him, too, and we just hung out and became instant friends, in my opinion. Maybe he doesn't agree. Like, a lot of these people probably don't. But I consider them all friends, and especially EY, Eric Young, professional wrestler, professional great guy. Hey, guys, this is Eric Young from FGN, the world-class maniac and fantasy psycho. Here it goes. My best pitch for... A trade away. I know it's going to sound crazy, but hear me out. Christian McCaffrey. Maybe there is no higher name value in the entire league. He had a first game coming back off of injury, didn't play a lot, and actually ended up with a pretty good fantasy statistical day. If you can trade him away and get two really good players or a stud running back and and a good wide receiver, a two or three wide receiver, I'd go ahead and do it. Carolina Panthers are in trouble the quarterback position is an absolute disaster. This is a poorly coached team, and offensively, I think they're going nowhere, and it's only going to get worse. There, I said it. Trade away Christian McCaffrey. Once again, one ginormous, super-duper infinity duck thank you to everybody on this final-ish podcast and everybody who's ever listened, subscribed, thumbs up, rated, reviewed, and did anything with this podcast. Every single one of you. I, I really do appreciate it. it. It floored me when I had as many people asking me through the past couple of months of where's all in sports been. I, I really kind of thought I was just doing it for fun and for a few people listening. And I, I can't say enough. I can't say enough for you guys and for everybody that, again, reaches out and just cares about this industry and people in it, including myself. You guys are the best. Uh, there's no other way to put it. So. If you want to, hey, keep listening to me over at All in Football and Best TV at The Athletic with that podcast with Michael Beller and Brandon Funston. That's where you can find me. I've tried to be on Twitter. I can't do it as much with the workload, but I'm trying. Barkley's doing great. I'm getting there, almost back to 100%. But seeing things in the reach out and the touching messages from you guys definitely helps getting there. So thanks again. Uh, one final time, at least for this podcast. Enjoy the DuckTales as they take you out. 